I'm just having some toast with Nutella. There's so much on it. It's so lovely. Anyway, you're gonna have to wait. Almost all done. Right, play the theme tune, and I promise I'll be ready after it. Welcome to episode three of After the Tone. Yes. 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 We always start with a round of applause. Don't know why. We just do because it's a bit like a show maybe. Uh, my name is Scotty. I shall be your host for the next 40 or so minutes. Who knows how long it will be. Depends how much I like the sound of my own voice. Um, as uh, listeners of the podcast know, this is a podcast that is made up entirely of voice notes that you've left us on WhatsApp. And um, I respond to them and the whole thing's made off my telephone. Isn't it lovely? Uh, my name is Scotty. I think I've already said that. Anyway, that could be early Alzheimer's. Who knows? Not me, because I won't remember. Um, I've got a cup of coffee, very precariously balanced on my ankle, because, uh, like I say, I'm in my bedroom, and it's about 32 degrees today, and so all the windows are shut to stop from noise pollution, and um, I'm surrounded by a duvet, and so I'm fucking... At some point in this podcast, I might pass out, which would make for very exciting audio, wouldn't it? Anyway, we are now on iTunes. Woo! It only took us a fucking month. My God, the hoops that you have to jump through to get into Steve Jobs's executive suite. I mean, I'm lost for words. I'm that perplexed. I literally had to like send them a receipt of an iPhone 3 that I bought in 2013 for them to accept the fact that this podcast was an actually real made thing. Uh, but we're on there now. So if you listen to your podcast via the medium of the Apple, please do hit the subscribe and um, give us some stars and a review. That would be lovely. Because, you know, a new podcast up against it. There's, you know, The World and Its Mother are making podcasts about mums who add pornos with their sister's brother's cat who i mean i don't know i don't i i i don't go in for the podcast to tell you the truth because i find them a little bit dull i mean it's just essentially one person who likes the sound of their own voice <laughs> uh, as ever i haven't heard any of the calls this week so um when you're hearing them i'm hearing them for the first time as well and uh we'll see how we get on Anyway, as ever, there wouldn't be a show without your submission. So, thing to do is, throughout the week, if you've got a thought, idea, a bit of a gossip, I'm also very interested in anyone who's got any scandal on Vanessa Feltz. I mean, come on, it's about time. You just load up the WhatsApp, the WhatsApp, and um, send us a little voice note. The number you need to call is... 0788 and it's free, of course, because, you know, it's WhatsApp and it's encrypted. So the government don't know what you're talking about. Well, I mean, they probably will because we'll publish it in a podcast. But anyway, let's get on with the show. There was this time about um, 12 years ago when I was at Oceana in Birmingham. And there was a guy just walking around, just tilting his head to the side and vomiting on the dance floor. It was horrific. And he came across the middle of the dance floor. Everybody moved. But this woman who thought she was... Kate Moss, showing my age there, um, 
started strutting across the dance floor thinking everyone had moved for her but they hadn't and so she was walking with her head high thinking everyone was looking at her and she slipped in this sick she went arse over tit and you could hear over the music her back slap on the floor as she landed and she got up and she was absolutely <laughs> covered in sick all of her back um, I don't know if she noticed but she sort of tried to walk it off um, but that's probably the best vomit story that I've got It's me, it's me, I'm Kathy, I'm come on <laughs> Oh, I wonder if that person's still alive. I don't know if anybody else thinks this, but when I think about stories of things that I remember on nights out, I, I'm so morbid, very Catholic of me, I instantly go to, I wonder if they're still alive. So I wonder if our Kate Moss... Kate Moss? <laughs> very different people. Kate... Not Kate Winslet. Oh my God, I'm having a real dyslexic moment. Not Kate Winslet. Kate... Kate... Oh my God, I'm glitching... Oh, this happens. This is a real dyslexia side effect and it really bugs the shit out of me. I could have just said Kate... Kate Moss is her who does the modelling. Kate Winslet is her off the... Um, I'm going to die on a door. <laughs> Kate Wind? No, what's her name? James! What? What's that one's name who sings Wuthering Heights? Kate Bush. There we go. Kate Bush. Thank you very much. That's what happens. I forget these things and they come back to me. I wonder if she's still alive. Not Kate Bush. The Kate Bush impersonator. I think all vomit stories that are being submitted to this podcast should only be said in very distinct accents because that Brummy one was delightful. Hi, Scotty. It's Kim here. I just listened to episode two and there was a lovely caller from Dublin on it and um, their story was a bit spooky. And it reminded me that I have a bit of a ghost story I can share. So when I was really little, I was probably about six, I don't know, I went to bed one night and I woke up to the sound of like, I don't know, like thudding drums, almost like something was taking massive stomping steps sort of closer and closer to my bed. And like obviously I was terrified and like put my hands over my ears and screamed and my mum showed up at the door and um, got me back to sleep and we didn't really talk about it again. Then a few nights later, my mum and dad had an argument, so mum didn't sleep in their bed. And the next morning she came to me and she said, Kimmy, I'm so sorry I didn't believe you. I heard it as well. And that was freaky as hell. We've spoken about it a bit since, and honestly, I still don't know if I believe in ghosts, but that was a creepy experience. I just thought I'd share it with you. Oh, do you know, I love this shit. I love nothing more than that Yvette Fielding's Most Haunted, you know, where they essentially, like, send um, girls aloud into a haunted hotel with night vision camera and a, a lot of mascara to get scared by someone throwing stones down a hallway. I love it. And I don't need to know whether I believe in it or not. There's this really, br- <laughs> this really brilliant story. I think it's called The Edmonton Exorcist or The Edgeware Exorcist somewhere in London, exorcist. This little girl in the 70s gets possessed by a poltergeist. Well, the recordings of her being possessed are quite genius, actually. It's this little nine-year-old girl going, fuck off, you cunt. Get away from me, you arsehole. <laughs> and honestly, I love nothing more than paranoia. Paranoia? <laughs> 
tick. <laughs> I love nothing more than that sort of paranormal stuff. Yeah, scary times for you. I'm sorry that I'm finding such enjoyment in your this landmark moment of your life that made you shit yourself. But, oh, if we've got any more of these superstitious ones, I do quite like that. I mean, I'm not into all the alien ones. There's this thing on um, Netflix. It's called, like, the Explained Unexplained or something like that. And it's essentially these programmes where it's like, you know in a care home and every time they put an elder into this room they get possessed and i'm all for those ones but the ones where it's like oh i got abducted by a ufo i'm always like but did you did you really there's only a certain far extent i can stretch my paranoia belief i don't even know if i believe in it though i think we do just die and I think we like to invent ways of which we feel superior as an animal above everything else to say, oh, no, of course, we don't just die. We come back and our spirits haunt. Uh, do I believe energy might be residual? Yeah, kind of. I was very theatre of me, though, isn't it? Because like when theatre people walk into the, like theatres, they're like, wow, fill the room. And there is a certain extent where you can because it's so still and usually it's like so buzzy. So maybe I believe in that. I don't know. I'll get back to you. You make me feel Scotty. When you come around, yeah, that's how I found now, Scotty. What am I doing without Scotty? You make me feel Scotty. No fooling around. Fooling around is over. And Scotty swears it's true. Oh, took for Scotty everything we had. And if I found someone who's just like Scotty. Oh, we got a little Scotty of our own. I tell you things that Scotty else knows. I let you in where only Scotty goes. What am I doing without them? All of the things we've been looking for. Always been here inside of Scotty. All of the times you're looking for Scotty, what are we doing without them? Would you also please hand over Mark from Westlife's phone number? Thank you. <laughs> okay. Full disclosure, after the tone listener, I know who this has come from. And this has come from celebrity showbiz comedian friend Sophie Hagen. The award-winning Sophie Hagen, sorry. It's just full title. Um, now, to anybody else listening, you would think, oh, what a lovely friend to call up and dedicate a Westlife song to Scotty. Well, actually, I think this is more of an audio death threat. Because I know that Sophie Hagen has been and is a massive Westlife fan and for the whole of our friendship. And we've known each other probably for about 10 years now. And <laughs> last week, whilst having a very casual telephone conversation over the WhatsApp, as you do, I said to Sophie, have I, have I ever told you that I know Mark Fahili? And they were like, sorry, sorry, what? And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm sure I must have told you that, right? And they were like, no, you didn't tell me this. <laughs> and then, you know, when you suddenly realise, oh my God, I've really offended somebody. It's like I've withheld this information and harboured this information. So classic Scotty, what I then do is go, oh, I'm sure I would have told you about on my 27th birthday how Mark Vahili and Skin from Skunk and Nancy sung me happy birthday. 
didn't I? <laughs> to which their response was, sorry, you know, Mark Fahili and skin. <laughs> but then I don't think they believed me. So I screen grabbed Mark's number in my phone and deleted half of it so they couldn't get the number because, you know, they're a bit fanny. To which they do refer to in that message. And... Uh, <laughs> So yeah, there's my little claim to fame. And do you know what? If you've got a little claim to fame like that, I am desperate to hear it. If you've got any very minor celebrity moments in your life, I'm not saying that my skin, Skunk and Nancy and Mark Healy was a minor moment. It's actually quite a standout moment for me. Um, but if you do, feel free to drop us a line. Sorry, Sophie. I mean, Sophie's never going to listen to this. They're far too busy. Hi, Scotty. Um, to add to the, the VOM stories... There was one night where I'd been to see uh, one of my favourite spoken word artists and I'd had one pint, treated myself to a pint, had a nice night and uh, my partner was driving us home. And all of a sudden, um, I began throwing up. I threw up in my hands, they grabbed the closest thing to me, which just happened to be a KFC bag, as we know is made of paper, violently throwing up in that until I realised that the bottom of the bag was disintegrating. I had whitey all over my legs and we're driving about 80 miles an hour down the bypass and I had to open the window and throw this disintegrating bag of vomit out of the window and yeah drive home covered in my own sick. Oh my god they're coming in thick and fast now aren't they? Oh you poor per- uh, honestly I, I really feel for you in that situation I, actually I've got a certain amount of empathy for you in this situation again beautiful beautiful sound out of this person's mouth <laughs> what a weird way of saying what a lovely Scottish accent <laughs> residual grease and vomit from a night out and the whitey I mean come on oh hideous but that's where my empathy for you stops because favorite spoken word artist this implies that you've got like a collection and not only do you like go to see them perform their wizardry with finding things that rhyme with orange but you have a favourite? In which world? Hello there. Right, so it's me, Kat, from the Twitter. So whenever I went to university, I was at a place called Jordanstown, which is part of the University of Ulster. And it's just kind of outside Belfast. And we used to travel on a bus to go to a nightclub in Portrush called Kelly's. Now, this is like... 1999 and um, obviously you would drink the whole way up on the bus. I think it was about a two hour journey or something or it felt like more because there'd be like about three or four piss stops on the way to this nightclub. You know, you get off the bus and you just piss at the back of the bus and be on common traffic just honking at you. But um, yeah, so we get to this nightclub anyway and uh, we go into the bathroom because inevitably whenever you get to the nightclub you had to queue and uh, then by the time you'd get in you'd be dying to go to the toilet. So I was with my best friend um, who I shared a room with. We're at these toilets queuing and my friend Jardine says she doesn't feel well and uh, she would have a wee bit of a dodgy stomach especially because we probably drank like 
Buck Fast and White Lightning and Rose Wine mixed with West Coast Cooler. Like, it was all rotten, cheap, dirt alcohol. Anything that would get you drunk really, really quickly. Anyway, so queuing at this toilet and um, I go in first and um, Darling came into the cubicle with me. Somebody had peed on the toilet seat and I didn't want to get the backs of my legs wet whilst I was hovering. So I decided to clean it with the tissue. So I'm kind of like bent over the toilet and I'm cleaning the toilet bowl with the tissue. And whilst I'm doing this, the whole time Darlene's like, will you get out of the way? Please get out of the way, get out of the way. And just on her final get out of the way, I just looked behind me. And just as she was saying, oh my God, get out of the way, get out of the fucking way. She vomited all over the side of my head and on my face and over my shoulder. And we had just got to this nightclub. We were two hours or just over two hours away from where we came from. So there was no way that I could get home to change. So I had to go out, stand, stand in the toilets. I think I had a top on or something and she quickly sluiced out the sick from the top. I didn't have any makeup on because I never brought like top up makeup whenever I was younger to the nightclub you brought your like your 20 quid or whatever it was for the night and maybe a bit of lip gloss and your keys and that was it and then you'd have like a fucking quarter bottle of vodka strapped to your thigh or sellotape to your thigh we had to wash my hair with the hand soap and wash the side of my face and I had to go out then into the nightclub and it was the start of the night but that night was the night that I snogged 10 different people <laughs> and I always put it down to smelling like sick <laughs> that it attracted everyone towards me like oh what's that smell must snog her um yeah so that's my that's my sick story okay bye very much enjoy- <laughs> enjoying these stories particularly with the Celtic accents that are being <laughs> telling them. It tells you the ilk of people that I like to keep around me, doesn't it? This is uh, <laughs> my Twitter friend and pal, Kat, who's from Fermanagh. So listening to this story sounds really lovely because Kat's not from a million miles away from my family. So um, something which I really enjoyed, apart from Geraldine's guts, which we'll get onto, is there is a real <laughs> like Irish storytelling, which um, if you're ever lost in Ireland, listener... Ask someone how to get somewhere and they will give you the ins and outs of Teresa Paddy Joe, who lives down the road while her cousin Roseanne, she's got a swimming pool. You want us to turn a left at her house. Anyway, <laughs> so I really loved the level of detail in that story, Kat. <laughs> there is obviously something about Geraldine's guts that is pheromonal that we should all be bottling and splashing on. Getting your end away with 10 of them in the one night. Floozy, I absolutely love it. Well done. I can totally relate to the cheap alcohol thing. We would always buy that Vadlakla um, alcohol, which, I mean, you could call it vodka, but, I mean, it was basically potato turps, wasn't it? Um, and you'd get it for, like, three twenty nine for a quarter bottle. Um, I also remember hiding it under, like, a baseball cap or something that you were wearing. But we used to mix ours with 2020. 
I don't know if anyone remembers 2020. Well, 2020 was even cheaper. It was like £2 odd. And it was... Oh, there's no way of describing it apart from like liquid that was the colour of things that had never seen a natural ingredient in their life. And like something that had been fermented underneath someone's bed for a good four year. God, those hangovers were the worst. And then when you'd vomit, I know, I don't know if Geraldine's vomit was the same, but when you'd vomit, your vomit would take on the colour of whatever it was that you'd been drinking. So some days we would vomit up. You know, I'd wake up in the morning in my little council flat. The window would be open and there'd be blue vomit all down the windowsill. And you sort of had a sense of pride. (laughs) Children nowadays, Kat, they don't have this, do they? Well, I'm glad to know that you still, you know, got your leg over or got your tongue over. And I wonder what Geraldine's doing now. We're halfway through today's show and it's a real mixed bag, isn't it? And I don't mean mixed bag in terms of quality. Well, there's, come on, let's let's say it as it is, Scotty. There's a lot of stories about vomit. So next week, you know, let's shift it up. I'd like to know, have you got an extensive collection of tea towels, thimbles, spoons or the like? Because people seem to collect the weirdest shit. And I don't know why we collect it, because then we just have to move house with it, don't we? Um, so I'd, I'd love to know if you've got any collections. I'd love to also know if you've been in or are having a sordid love affair or have been involved in one of those. That would be very nice. And I'm very keen to hear anyone who's been in the TV studio audience of things like Vanessa or Jeremy Kyle or Jerry Springer or any of the like like that. So, if you've got one of any of those experiences, or just some gossip or some random thoughts, feel free to open up the WhatsApp, send us a voice note to this number. 0788 200 3420. Hey, I hope you're doing okay, and I heard how much you absolutely love poetry. So I have like three random poems I dug up from when I was like 10. I'm guessing I don't know. I just found this sheet of paper in a random place. So I'm going to go with the three and please don't ask me to ever explain this. I have no clue why this is how it is. The first one is called Little Kitty. Fish in the water slapped the cat's daughter. Results were predictable. The injuries were minimal. Little Kitty came for revenge. Little Kitty slipped in lozenge. Little Kitty's injuries made people cringe. Her wounds were the colour of unripe orange. I don't know why I did that or tried to rhyme anything with orange, but there we go. Second one we've got is... I can't read my own ten-year-old handwriting. Water dripping. Electric would make this explode. Little well made of bricks. Lower the bucket. And for context, I have drawn a bucket around it i think i've drawn a bucket around the poem i don't understand what this was but again yeah the third one is called lightning lightning strikes making light smell burning fills the night strikes the floor like a bite putting villagers in plight people start to fight to save themselves from the plight though lightnings might deprive people of their sight i i i don't again know what is going on here in my like little 10 year old brain but those are the poems that I'm sure you'll love and my poetry has probably improved like slightly since then but who could say I don't know I'm not a good judge of that (laughs) 
you know what I love about this caller is that they know my relationship with the poetry. But how sweet, like a throwback from the 10-year-old. You know, I, I'm, I'm not anti it. You know, because it's not about the night bus and, you know, that sort of ilk of poetry that's trying to be, like, edgy because, you know, they once had a line of K. It's a very Bristolian world of poetry. You know, like, poets with undercuts that are like, I'm just doing this because fuck capitalism. <laughs> you like, well, I mean, how anti-capitalist is it to rhyme? So, 10-year-old version of you doing poems about cats, I'm kind of all for, actually. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, poems in the shapes of buckets. I'm sure it's called or something, isn't it? I don't know what it's called. Anyway, I'll just leave that with you, the end. So, I was supposed to take my husband to Turkey this year for his 30th, and he was fucking apoplectic with rage (laughs) that we couldn't go because I got to go to turkey for my 30th and orlando for my 31st and the one birthday i take him away for it gets cancelled because of a global pandemic and he took it personally and i had to remind him that people are literally dying and just because he can't go to marmorous this year is not the end of the world you know i do get it i get why people are upset because you know they can't go on a plane owned by a stupid Irish fella that wants to charge you 2p to use the bathroom. Oh, God. And the absolute joy that they feel every time that they land on time, as in that's an achievement, that they get the fucking trumpets out. Another on-time flight from Dickface International. I get it. I get why people are annoyed, because they want normal life. But, If you just have to sit still for five minutes, it's not going to kill everyone. Do you know what I mean? I was supposed to be going to Spain this year. go to Spain every year because I'm like one of those common people that always goes to um, the same town every year. And I promised myself that I wouldn't become that person. But I really love this place called Malaga in the south of Spain. And every time I go back, the locals now ask me to speak more and more Spanish, which I love. Because um, I love that they just don't put up with that bullshit from English-speaking people anymore. Which is a joy. I'm all about it. So I'm learning Spanish on the Duolingos. Which is, you know, neither here nor there to your story. But I just thought, I'm cultured. There you go. That's, I guess, what I'm telling you. But what annoys me is seeing people on the Instagram go away without, you know, any care. You can't! You're not allowed to! Just stay where you are! If you're going to go, you take the responsibility of putting yourself into isolation afterwards. Because it's about people dying, as you say, caller. Thank you so much for calling with this question. But do you know what? I think it really shows our relationship to people with additional needs and elders. Because essentially now, society has understood, like, okay, it's people in care homes people over a certain age and people with additional needs that are dying from this thing. And so it's so interesting that thought process just means anyone can just go like, ah, fuck it, well, I'll go. When actually 
we need to all just take fucking responsibility. It shows the socialists from the capitalists, doesn't it, really, this moment in time. Particularly when people are, like, putting you in their close friends on Instagram and their actual close friends is just, like, them and 12 friends hanging out in a park. But because it's their birthday and it's their 30th, there's a justification for it. Come on, you're not going to die from not having a birthday party, but somebody else might. Scotty, uh, first-time caller, long-time Instagram stalker. I just think you're great, so I hope you enjoy my um, little story about uh, when I saw a celebrity on a train. So um, I was travelling down from Bath to St Ives uh, for a family holiday, and I definitely see what you say about St Ives being full of posh people. Like It's like the only seaside town I've ever been to where the arcade is completely dead. Um, so this story is about when I got on the train at Plymouth for the connection... And I sit in a seat and um, over on the other side of the train is Peter Postlethwaite. So he was the priest in Romeo and Juliet and he was also Danny and Brastoff. And I was like, oh, wow, like fa- really famous actor. Um, so And I didn't know his name, which was really bad. So I te- texted my family and they said, oh, it's Peter Postlethwaite. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's him. And they said, oh, what was he doing? And I look over and he's just drinking an Earl Grey, but he's reading a script. And I'm thinking, wow, like I wonder if he's going to be in a play or a film like oh that'd be really interesting to find out but I didn't want to bother him because if you get a vibe if he just wants to keep himself to himself and you know read his script and drink his teas so he gets off before we get to St Ives and I get off and meet my family and uh they were like oh what was it like I was like oh nothing I didn't say hello or anything I thought it'd be a bit rude it was really funny because my mum said to me you know your dad was having sort of this conversation between you and Peter, like, but doing a little, like, monologue about it. So he was just sat there going, oh, I bet Liz's going to turn to him and say, oh, nice to meet you. Like, what are you doing? What are you reading? And and he goes, oh, you know, I'm just looking at a script. And, and Liz's like, oh, can you can you tell me anything about it? And he said, oh, no, like, I can't, it's secret. And Liz just goes, oh, that's, that's a shame. Like, oh, it would be interesting. So my dad had, like, this image in my head that me and Peter Postlethwaite was going to be, like, best friends and, you know, run away and do plays together. But, you know, unfortunately, that's not the case to my dad's disappointment. So, oh, well. Next time, eh? Ah, what a disappointing story. (laughs) I don't mean it was a bad story. I mean, it was disappointing that you didn't get to speak to Peter Postlethwaite. Now, I think I know who this person is in my brain, but I I might not. So I'm going to Google Peter Postlethwaite. Oh, no, not Peter Positive. Um, Postle. Oh, I just spelled Postlethwaite. Postle. Oh, there you go. I guess it's that one. Yes, that is that person that I thought. Oh, he's dead. Did you know that? Sorry, trigger warning. He's dead. It says Peter Postlethwaite. Yeah, died in 2011. That's why we haven't seen him in anything. It was an English actor who appeared in the name of the father. Well, you didn't say that, did you? But you did say Romeo, Juliet and Brastoff. Yes. Uh, and his last film was Inception. What did he do in Inception? Oh, he's got an OBE. I'm seeing if there's any link to um, St Ives. Could you imagine if I found it and, and Peter Passesway was on a train and spoke to... Um, so, personal life. He lived in West Sussex, I so know. And he had a relationship with a person called Jackie. There you go. Um, is there anything else of any... He's lifelong Liverpool FC supporter. So maybe you could have spoken about that. Um, he was diagnosed with testicular cancer in 1990, and so he had his right testicle removed. In which world 
is this like on Wikipedia? Um, what else it says here about him? He also appeared as a taxi driver in a Labour Party political broadcast because he was one of the Labour Party supporters. Oh, look at that. Isn't that lovely? Um, illness and death. Here we go. Let's get to it. Died of pancreatic cancer in um, Shrewsbury Hospital. And uh, that's about it, really. In my extensive research, I didn't find any link to Cornwall. Um, yes, St Ives. Oh, God, isn't it? I mean, it's lovely. It's lovely if, you know, you want sourdough on toast whilst looking at the sea. But if you want to play the 2P machines, you know, like you say, it is very much lacking. Hi, Scotty Watcher. It's uh, Tracy Emin here. Listen, I'm just out the bath and um, I'm a bit annoyed, actually, because I thought we were going to be doing a video interview today. So, you know, I got in the bath with my acrylic bath bomb and um, I've been stressing out for the past half an hour because my hair wasn't dry yet. And I thought, God, you know, I can't be going on TV with wet hair, you know, even though I've done a lot worse on TV. And I don't actually have a hairdryer right now uh, for reasons that I won't go into, but I don't. <laughs> So yeah, when I um when I reread your message and I saw that it was just a voice note, I guess I got I got quite irritated, but um but it's fine because you know I'm clean now, so you know at least that's something that I've got out of this whole thing. Because uh, I will let you know, Scotty, the last three or four days I've actually not had a bath. No, I've not had a bath. I've not had a shower. I've been a bit out of it. I've been in my bed. You know, I've been unconscious, unconscious, two, three, four days now, you know. And it's a good thing you messaged, actually, because it woke me up. And when I woke up, I thought, God, I am so dehydrated. If I don't have water soon, I will die. So, you know, I, I crawled, I somehow crawled from my bed to the bathroom to start running that bath and get a glass of water. And then the funniest thing happened, actually, I went back into my bedroom and I looked at my bed and I thought, uh, yuck, that is so disgusting. Everything in that room was so filthy, so dirty, so horrible. And then suddenly it was like a vision. I suddenly saw the bed in this pristine white gallery space and I thought, that's not disgusting, that's really beautiful. That bed has kept me alive, you know, it's kept me up, it's kept me buoyant, you know. So anyway, yeah, this pandemic's clearly got into me, as you can see. But um, now what's good is I'm actually thinking of doing something with the beds, you know, putting it in the Tate or the Turner Contemporary or something. So it'll be really beautiful, you know. So, yeah, there's your voice note. And I know that you didn't ask me this, but I've actually got my calendar booked solid with work until spring 2022. So I'm busy, you know. And um, bloody flatmates have just started the hoovering again. So I'm going to head off. But um, bye, Scotty. Take care. Thank you. Bye bye. What a bunch of weird cunts you all are. <laughs> Thank you very much, Tracy M in CBE. I'm sure you're one of those because you're one of those rotten cunts that will take anything that the fucking establishment will give you. Um, thank you so much for your call. I do appreciate it. Um, <laughs> your acrylic bath bomb. <laughs> well... I hope you enjoyed that acrylic bath bomb, Tracy. And thank you so much for letting me know about your commitments. Yes, the bed, Tracy. It's a constantly evolving piece of work for you, isn't it, dear? Constantly, <laughs> constantly coming back to it. Anyway, Tracy, the one big question I want to ask you is how, as working class girl from Margate, have you ended up being a massive Tory cunt? 
And that's it for today. It was a lovely call. So we've, we've really travelled as well. Some really beautiful accents of called in today. Thank you so much to everyone who called, uh, who left us a voice note on the WhatsApp. As ever, if you would like to send us a message, all you need to do, open up the WhatsApp, send us a voice note. It's always a bit of a laugh. We'll always have a giggle. And send your message to this number. 0788 200 3420. I'm going to be back next week. Uh, I will still be in the safety of my own bedroom. And hopefully we'll have another more plethora of calls from you absolute bunch of weird knobheads who keep calling me, which I love. I absolutely adore. Once again, if you want to get in contact with us, hashtag after the tone pod we'd be really grateful if you would give us a follow a like a subscribe or a review and uh, do help us share the word about the podcast because it's new anyway i'm gonna go for a swim in the sea now because i live by the sea and it's high tide in about half an hour love you lots see you on the other side that sort of sounds like i'm dying i'm not i'm just going for a swim bye After the Tone is presented by me, Scotty, produced by Debbie Kilbride, with shout-outs this week to Liv Morris, Lorraine Bowen, JJ Cranston and Podcast.co. It's a Debbie Productions production. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.